My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 176 of Legally Clueless. Thanks for rocking with this podcast. If you want to watch our video series, our tour series, listen to more of our audio episodes. If you want to join our community, which I really think you should. If you want to share a story on this podcast. If you want to join our Instagram and our TikTok family. All you have to do is go to www.legallycluelessafrica.com. That's our home. As you're doing that though, here is what you can expect a little later in this episode. So when I was born, I was born with bronchitis. Uh, Apparently I was a premature baby. So I tried what I could, but now leaving high school, funds now became the issue. Like where is the money to go to uni? And it was really hard because my other siblings had actually managed to go to uni and my dad was able to sort that out. But by the time I was getting to that age, we had like yeah like window changeanga things had yeah and so I thought ah see people work and then people earn money and then people go to school so yeah just do that and that's what I started doing so I started selling Airtel lines then I went into starting selling phones team ideas if you owned an ideas me or a colleague of mine sold you one <laughs> because my best friend told me do yoga at least it will help you sleep even me for that time even though i was practicing yoga i thought yoga was something for you know rich white thin people that is our story and it's coming up a little later and i really can't wait for you to get to know her better because she's going to be one of the yogis at our upcoming legally clueless africa event i'll give you more details on that in a bit but it would be awesome to see you there so stay listening however let's jump into the song of the week which this week oh my goodness so i really loved this particular music duo for like my entire radio career (laughs) they were probably one of the only artists from tanzania who i would play on repeat i don't know why bongo flavor has just never been my cup of tea when it comes to music but i do like two things from tanzania music related one is hip-hop Tanzania has like really talented rappers. Their wordplay is on, my favorite is Joe Makini. What? Wordplay on a whole new level. And the second are this duo called Navy Kenzo. I just love how urban they are. And then I got to meet them a couple of times while I was on radio and they just have like good energy. So it makes you even like the music more. So this weekend I was just like, Letting YouTube decide what plays next, what plays next. And then I hear this song, I'm like, ooh, that sounds good. Kumbi, it's Navy Kenzo. <laughs> I was like, what? I have to share this song with you. Um, so it's called Manzese. It's a love song. I'm going through a period of really loving, sickening, yucky love songs. I don't know what's going on. But this one, I was just like, oh, it's so cute. <laughs> it's so sweet. So I decided to just spread that energy with you so check out Manzese. I put a link to it in the show notes or you can just search it it's by Navy Kenzo okay how this has come a little late in the episode I should have started with this but I really hope you're doing okay I hope you're hanging in there and as usual are surrounded by grace and peace let me tell you moving out of Nairobi was the best decision I have ever made like yo (laughs) 
<laughs> so I'm completely in a different county, which is crazy. So I moved from Nairobi a couple of weeks to the elections to a new county. So I don't even know the people who are running in this county. Like I see the billboards and the banners. I'm just like, who that? <laughs> But the silence is unmatched. Like, listen to that. Like, the only sounds you're hearing is probably, like, the hum from my laptop. But there's, like, no noise, no sound whatsoever. There's only one water pump, and guess what? It's mine. So, (laughs) secondly, I'm not seeing a child in, like, what? (laughs) Since my niece's and nephew's birthdays. Oh, my days. I really have... Why are there no kids around here? Where are the children? But the only things that sometimes can be noisy in the morning is like if they're harvesting tea because there's a lot of tea farms around me and my neighbor is a farmer. So he has cows, he has sheep, he has chicken. And so sometimes, oh, and donkeys. So sometimes I get to hear some noises, but it's not loud. It's not loud at all. The air is fresh. We're now doing the landscaping, so very soon, at least I can do my garden things. <sighs> Ugh, I don't know why it took me so long. No, I actually do know why it took me this long, and I'm going to share it. When you are other, and by other I mean you don't conform, you kind of like see life through a very different lens from the average person in society, and you are not trying to live according to society's rules or like steps of progression you know what I mean if you are other and you vocalize your ideas before you're strong enough to stand in them what happens is a lot of people will tell you it's not possible a lot of people will constantly have this energy towards you which is like condescending or oh this person doesn't know what they're doing they're not settled in life etc etc and I've found that quite a few decisions I've made in my life have been to redeem how people around me view me so almost to like shed off that tag of other yet that's really who I am you know and so even like moving out of Nairobi is something that a few people close to me thought was strange was somebody making a decision without doing due diligence or just kind of like living in their head yet me in my head I'm like this plan makes sense (laughs) oh my days you know everything has just come together because like I work mainly from home I go into Nairobi like now we are producing season three of the Legally Clueless video series so actually episode one could be out this Friday yeah so I'll go into Nairobi for that there's a huge mall not too far from me so I do my grocery shopping there it's really made me be a bit more organized in that regard because I can't like just order takeout so I'm doing a lot more cooking for myself which is great And like, I just keep wondering, ah, why did I let people get into my head? Because this is one of the best decisions I've made for myself in a very long time. (laughs) Easily like in the last 10 years. Yeah, it's that that wild. So yeah, it's like, it's wonderful. I think while I'm here, I can remember that life is not social media. Life is not all the noise that I had around me. Life 
just is it's 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 what is in the moment so whether it's like earlier today when my caretaker climbed the avocado tree to get me avocados because you remember I said that I really loved them you know I was really in that moment and we ended up having a long conversation which is brilliant or I just went outside to like bask in the sun for a bit I painted a pot today (laughs) like just things that I'm like these are such regular things but I was always made to feel like life has to be you have a nine to five you work or whatever other roles society places on you when really life is what you want it to be I hope that makes sense I really hope that makes sense but at the very least listen to that silence I'm giving you so many stories, but before we get to speaking of stories, before we get to 100 African stories, I want to tell you about our season three video series partner. We're very excited for this season to be partnering with Guinness because we share a common goal of wanting to celebrate dope. African creatives by amplifying their stories. And so how Guinness is doing this is their new series. It's called The Black Shines Brightest Stories. And it's really a behind the scenes look of how pioneering Africans in fashion, in the arts, in music, in food. I know I've said one, oh, it's all about food. And just how these artists are breaking new ground. So the stories will premiere on DSTV. They premiered on the 23rd of July tonight as well, which is the 24th when I'm recording this. And in case you're like, damn it, I missed it. Not to worry. They will still be on DSTV, Maisha Magic, on the 30th and 31st of July at 6.30 p.m. So it gives you a chance to get more intimate, you know, with these African visionaries behind the vision. And trust me, the stories are just as inspiring as the stories you get to hear here on Legally Clueless, which is why we partnered with Guinness on this. I I really think we need to keep amplifying African stories, especially in the creative fields and celebrating that because they are using bits of the African culture to create. So this is how we push the culture forward. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So make sure you don't miss it. It is the brand new show by Guinness called The Black Shines Brightest Stories. And of course, they are our partners for season three of the Legally Clueless Africa video series. Oh, I can't wait. If you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, the link is in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe right about now. Let's jump into... 100 African stories in this episode, you get to meet somebody who's going to be part of our yoga event that's upcoming. She's one of the yogis. Her name is Julie, aka Auma, and her story is all about pregnancy complications and how they led her to yoga. But first, listen to this. Hi, my name is Julie. My name is Catherine. And we are going to be your leaders for a yoga well-being workshop here at Kanga Studio. We'll be doing mindful practice, meditation, so yoga for your mind. And then we'll move our bodies so we can get physical and get to access our bodies using yoga. And then we'll finish with a discussion circle where we get heart-to-heart discussions. Most of the time we process our trauma in our minds. And this workshop is going to be an opportunity to process that trauma in our bodies. 
We're looking forward to having the legally clueless Africa community. So see you on the 6th of August from 10 a.m. at Kanga Studio, Nairobi. Tickets have to be bought in advance. They're 4,000 bob and are inclusive of lunch. Grab your tickets right now on LegallyCluelessAfrica.com, Hustle Sasa, or just click the link in the description. A hundred African stories on Legally Clueless. Stories from Africa. My government name is, <laughs> is Julie Auma. At Majale, we are very many. And where in Africa I'm from, Nairobi, Kenya. When I was young, what I wanted to be when I grew up was to be a doctor. So when I was born, uh, I was born with bronchitis. Uh, apparently, I was a premature baby. Uh, fun fact, the lungs are the last thing like to develop when somebody is in utero. Is that the word? I don't know. Um, but yeah, so the lungs are one of the last few things like to get in. Yeah. So yeah, I was born premature. So apparently, a lot of premature babies have uh, chest issues. Apparently, that's a thing. If we need to start a WhatsApp group. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, yeah, so I was born with bronchitis. I had to be in a, what's the thing, that incubator thing for a while. And then my parents were like, now what are these? Because all the rest of my siblings, they were like, ah, twende, we go. <laughs> Grew up and because I was in and out of hospital a lot, in my mind, I thought the best thing in, the, in life to become is a doctor because these people are helping. Like I knew I wanted to be in the medical field, either as a doctor, a nurse. I just knew I had to be in there. But I thought as a doctor, because my doctors are so nice, they take time to explain things to you and everything. So I was like, ah, this is the thing to be. So I remember even when I was young, I used to know how to like put in the drip, take it out. Like, <laughs> but yeah. So to the shock of my mom and my nurses, we are like, okay. But yeah, because it was a way to pass time. When you're in hospital, you're just basically chilling. You're admitted, you and the other kids. So you find ways to entertain yourselves. And like we remember us agreeing, like yeah, we'll also be doctors, so we can stay here for <laughs> longer. Uh, so yeah, that's how I went through life. And then, of course, life as it does, it happens. And then in high school, I was like, yeah, do pure sciences. So, you know, you can do the thing. And then that didn't work. I mean, chem was just like a nightmare. But physics and bio were like, okay, we are good. And when I couldn't do physics, I was like, uh, that's going to drop my like my performance really low. And I just knew at that point I wouldn't be a doctor. Like instinctively I knew. But I was like, ah, let me just do my best. So I tried what I could, but now leaving high school, uh, funds now became the issue. Like, where is the money to go to uni? And it was really hard because other, my other siblings had w- actually managed to go to uni, and my dad was able to sort that out. But by the time I was getting to that age, we had like, yeah, like, Vindovich and Janga. Things had, <clears throat> it wasn't exactly the right financial time for me to make that room. And so I thought, oh, what do I do? And now I decided, let's just work and then figure ourselves out. It's kind of like, you know, when you call yourself for a meeting and you're like hey here it's not going to work so you need to arrange yourself like you just know like deeper you just know so when i when i discovered that and i was like oh this is the realization and this is not going to happen for me i was like okay so now what is our plan b yeah because i don't know where that came from but it was just like always just have a plan b like if this doesn't go well what's your plan b yeah, and so I thought, ah, see, people work, and then people earn money, and then people go to school. So, yeah, just do that. Um, and that's what I started doing. So I started selling Airtel lines. Yeah. <laughs> then after selling Airtel lines, I started working for a distributor. I started selling modems. And then um, I started working at in customer care for um, Airtel at the time, and we were doing Airtel money. And every time I would go into a role, I just somehow somehow transitioned into a training state. Like, it would just somehow end up there. And I wasn't, like, being aware of it at the time. But in retrospect, I was like, why do I end up always training how to do the thing? So, yeah, that happened, that happened. So, you know, do customer care, then train the other customer care people. Do this, then 
and train the other people. Then I went into starting selling phones, team ideos. If you owned an ideos, me or a colleague of mine sold you one. <laughs> yes, ideos. Oh my God, good times. So it was a lot of overworking, selling, yo, convincing people that they need this phone in their lives. Buy ideos. And then what's the next phone? Y220. Buy Y220. What was the next phone? Buy X5. Buy X5. Like it was just buy these things. <laughs> that was very much our day and night. So like it was overworking to the point where I don't think I enjoyed a proper like Christmas holiday like until after it's just like work, 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 work. Anyway, so and then that also transitioned into like my passion for like just learning how things work and food. You know, at that time it was phones. And I started training on like these are the specs, this is how you sell, this is that. And then I was at that time, you know, starting a family and I had my first child and my first and only child at this point. And when I was pregnant with her, apparently, because I don't know why nature does this to women, they're just like, I so you you don't you don't matter, it's the the new future generation. So um Sometimes what happens in some people is that when you're carrying a baby, your ab muscles, so like if you think of your ab muscles in the muscle level, it's like a split in the middle and then they're like, quote unquote, the packs on, mm-hmm. on the sides. So that middle part can sometimes separate to create space for the child. Yes. So up until this point, no exercise, no, like I wasn't the kind of person, oh, let's go run from who, from what, for why? Like, no, thank you. Uh, go, let's go work out. Why? Like, I wasn't that person. My idea of a workout was to go clubbing and you dance the whole night and then you wake up. Oh, my thighs are aching. Okay, win. <laughs> so, but yeah, so at this point, I was like, oh, okay, so now what do I do? I've had this baby. I can barely hold her because, you know, keeping yourself upright leads a lot of the, the core muscles. But also, thankfully, it wasn't as serious as me needing surgery to correct it because sometimes, also for some people in time, it kind of fuses back together. So yeah, nature can be an ass but can also be helpful. So yeah, it was able to fuse back together and that took time and also that took me discovering yoga because my best friend told me do yoga at least it will help you sleep so when I was starting to do the yoga it was like I just need to sleep sleep properly because you know when you have a baby they are young they are crying they are awake when they should be asleep they are asleep when they should be awake it's yeah all the things so I was like ah yeah do yoga for sleep and then in the process of the googling and the youtubing I was like, ooh, there's yoga for also healing that. Um, it's called diastasis recti, recti, yeah. Essentially now how, what that happens and then now fusing them back together. So I was doing those, you know, YouTube yoga flows to able to do that, just to feel my strength coming back. Ah, easy peasy. I was like, ah, just lie down and then you do these things. I just do them. But I made the mistake of saying, I should go for class, like a real class. And then I discovered, so I went on the Googles, because even me for that time, even though I was practicing yoga, I thought yoga was something for, you know, rich, white, thin people mm-hmm. who are like, then, you know, they are so, yeah. So that was what I thought it was. And then, so when I was like doing the yoga, I was like, oh, actually, this is kind of fun. It's not just for these people. And then when I discovered Africa Yoga Project, who at the time were doing um, free classes, and this was in 20, 2016. And so, yeah, after that, I've come out from maternity leave and I was looking for a place I could practice. And on International Yoga Day, and I remember it was a Tuesday on that particular year, and I went in because I wanted to do the free class. What I didn't know is that Tuesdays at AYP is advanced yoga class. So here is me feeling, I'm feeling all my, eh, I can do yoga because I've watched a few YouTube videos. Then I went and did yoga. Well, uh, yeah, let me just say, well, <laughs> that class was like, I still say today that it was my best and my worst class to ever attend because it was the hardest thing because I could barely do anything. And then at the same time, the things that I could do, I was like, this is not good enough. You know that self, yeah. 
but now the environment was so 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 good like there were other teachers there even though they were doing like all the you know the flip ups they were doing the slidings they were doing the floatings and you're like yeah and i remember the teacher says like there's no such thing as watch pose because at some point me i gave up now i started looking at people i was like now what are these kunaenda juku like teachers like no there's no such thing as watch pose you do what you can and so yeah I got back into the practice but it was such a fun and a chill environment in fact i remember in that class um Catherine was also there yeah my first ever yoga class and i remember like she was saying yeah 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 yeah, yeah. do it do it do it and i was like yeah this is this is the place to be i felt invited i felt welcomed i didn't feel like i was in a competition i just felt like just do the thing so yeah we went downstairs after class and i found out they are looking for an academic coordinator which is like essentially a training role and at that time i had figured out maybe training is the thing so i said ah let me just apply me what's the worst that could happen because at the time i wanted to live where i was working because i didn't feel it was healthy at the time but at the time the, the finances also said <laughs> you must wait until an opportunity arises <laughs> so i was looking for that and thankfully i found that at AYP and uh, yeah i started working there started regularly practicing and before long i caught the bug i was like i need to learn how to do yoga i need to learn how to practice how to teach and i did my teacher training in 2017 with Catherine a teacher training or in our case a 200 hour teacher training is basically you are taught how to teach yoga and as a yoga practice i can see as part of the like tenets of being a yoga teacher is not just to to say do this you can you also must experience it for yourself so you're not just going to be told this is a down dog and then you do 1 2 3 you also have to experience it in your body so 200 hour is basically um yeah you go in in our case it was a resident program in some places they do it like every other weekend or the weekend but in our case it was a reg- resident program for about 11 days and so you come in and the first thing you do into a class practice and now they say yeah. so when we say down dog this is what we mean by down dog and so yeah we did that and then now we start talking about what yoga is you know the origins of yoga why we practice the way we practice what style of yoga we're going to be getting into and then of course there's theory as well but it's very very much in the body so there's um asana like the actual physical poses you know the you know extended mountain you know the planks the what is that which is asana and then there's meditation the actual sitting with yourself body scans learning feeling what's going on on the inside then there's inquiry where you're basically questioning yourself you're questioning your motives your thoughts and not like in a way to say that no these are not valid but why is it that this is there like for me it was like okay i'm in this yoga space why do i need to share my emotions i mean like see they are mine they are none of anyone else's business so i need to deal with them internally and i didn't realize that that was some of the ways i was blocking myself from having like a really awesome relationship with my sisters with my mom my dad because i'm the closed one like yeah so why is it i feel i need to hide that and why is it i feel that it is okay to hide that not that now you know share it to the world not that the other option is better but understand why it is the way that it is and then now work from that and then make the decision is this how i want to continue being okay yes is this not okay no do i want to transition okay do that mm-hmm. and i remember even my best friend saying like eh hey, manze you sound like a vapor because i called her and i was like sharon she was like manze you sound like vapor what are they doing to you over there <laughs> But yeah it was it was it was an amazing experience because yeah you laugh you cry you go through all the range of emotions at least that was what it was for me and at the same time you also learning an actual skill so i like that it worked on the internal like the being the person and then also having a skill because for many of us in that room like that was the skill you learned that was what's going to help you push you forward in life 
and and then at the same time it's also something you can use for yourself all right so in teacher training they give you there are a bunch of exercises you do there is a bunch of different work you do and one of the things we go through in that teacher training is they ask you what is your story and then what are the facts and i think to date that's one of one of the most impactful exercises i think i've ever done so it's like this. So let me see, take myself as an example. So in teacher training, you're told, okay, they take you back. Like, what happened when you were five years old? So you're like, okay, yeah, my dad came home late and I stayed up late so I could see my dad because I hadn't seen him the whole day. And yeah, he just went to sleep. So that's what happened. Then what is the story? Oh, he's too busy for me. I can't I can't connect with him anymore because he's he just wants to go and sleep. He doesn't care about me. So two things are happening. It's like what actually happened and then what I've made it mean for me to happen. And so now interrogating that. So that was one of the things I was like, ooh, I may need to talk to a few people after this. <laughs> and also like interrogate why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling against them. Is it because of an actual fact that actually happened, a cause and effect? Or is it because of a story I've created about this person or this situation? Yeah. And I think also like for me, it was that realization of number one, the world does not revolve around me. And then number two, I can actually also make things happen. So I'm not also completely helpless. Um, so that was one of the biggest things I think came out of teacher training. And then also as a skill, because I thought just being employed is good enough, but I wanted to create something. Yeah, like ever since I can remember, I think maybe it was because of the fact I maybe a story or something. I was very much aware of my own, like I could die at any time. So I didn't want to go and just be like, okay, she lived, she died, she was fun. <laughs> but like, what am I leaving behind? Like, what is my legacy? And I realized that it was something I used to do in life. Because even when I would write poetry, I was like, will this last? Like, will this? Yeah, so many aspects of my life brought me to the same thing. So I thought, mm, if I'm in teacher training, I should teach. I should be able to work with people, to help people, to be of service to people. And I can do that in different ways. So yes, I'm not the doctor, but... In the time since teacher training that I have been practicing and that I've been working with other people in their practice, I realized, oh yeah, I'm actually being on service to someone. So yes, it's something that is earning me money, but it is also something that connects with my true passion. And for me, I've realized that that is creating impact, working with people, helping people, being of service to people. So I've realized I can do that through the yoga practice. Yeah, so what comes next is now talking myself out of it. <laughs> I've realized that sometimes I do that. Like, you've learned this amazing thing and then the responsibility of it hits you. Like, Haya, now you have to go teach a class. What do you mean? Like, now you have to go and actually do the thing you said you are going to do. Aye. Okay. So now you talk yourself out of it. You're like, ah, but you know, I'm not experienced enough. Nah, nah, nah. You know, I'm not doing this, this, this. All the ways we negotiate with ourselves to get ourselves out of that responsibility. So that's what I did. I talked myself out of it <laughs> for a long, long time until, like, when now I felt like I was aligned, in, aligned with what I wanted to do and I got this realization <laughs> that this is what I want to do with my life. I was like, okay, now I have to do something. So I started teaching. And I remember, like, I got my very first yoga class, like, a regular, like, a paying gig for a yoga class. And I remember this person was living in Karen, Ukolifi suburbs. And I mean, like, they had the, it's the whole shebang. Like, you know, when people, this must have been, yeah, this was in 2017, like, just, like, after teacher training. And it was this beautiful house, you know, these modern looking houses where it's just like a window at the front and like it's all like open plan. And I was like, hey, <laughs> so it was one of those joints. And I remember the lady was like, so nice, like, OK, yeah. And she had been practicing for longer than I have been practicing and been a teacher. And at some point I was almost tempted to ask her, why am I here? Like, why am I teaching? In any case, you are more of a teacher than I am. She was like, no, I just need somebody like told me accountable. So I'm not I'm like, 
okay, fine, yeah, I can do that. So it started like that, and then slowly I started to build confidence. And I remember, yeah, she left to go back to her home country, and I thought, yeah, let's keep practicing. And then I was able to get, um, this was like a free class that I started teaching, and this was for children with special needs. So there was a clinic that was close to where I live, and they were dealing with kids with special needs. And so at Africa Yoga Project, there is this lady called Mili, Mili Anyango, and ooh, that woman is just blessed. Like she has this heart, especially for children with special needs. And she works with them like day or night. Like even right now, I'm sure if I wake up, she'll be like, are you, are you at Nani, this and this place? Like, yeah. Or she's, if she's not there, she's planning to go there in the course of that week. And so she was teaching us how we can just do like small movements to help them get use of their limbs. Uh, for, these are for children who are living with like cerebral palsy and different other things and how just getting them in their own bodies. Because for, for many of them, it's like even like, because I don't know if it's because of like the physiological results, because I'm also not like very familiar with how that works. But just like getting them to make small movements, move a ball around, move their knees, unlock like especially their spines because they're really tight in their spines sometimes. And so, yeah, because they're in one position for so, so long. So getting them to move around and for them to feel nice and feel their back cracking. And then I was able to see that. And I was able to do that for about, I think it was like three or four months. And I was practicing with these people and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is where you're supposed to be. And so I continued continued that, continued looking for classes, for paying gigs. And then I was like, okay, let's, I, I was getting momentum now. Uh, yeah, so since then I've been teaching. And then around COVID times is when it hit me like, I went back, you know, like when you go back to your old notebooks or journals, and I went back to the notebook I was using at teacher training. And in that notebook, I'd written a letter to myself five years from now. What do I want to be true? five years from now. And in one of those things I had said, I want to have a business, a yoga business, a wellness-based business. And I remember by the time I was reading that, it was almost approaching that five-year. Yeah, and I was like, ooh, I need to do something. So I was like, okay, let's start a business. So within about uh, two months, I was like, okay, create an Instagram account because I see that's what people do. (laughs) Create a website because at least I know uh, my hubby does like web development. So I know a few things about how to create like, you know, with the template and stuff. So I was like, ah, yeah, create a website. They're like, I need to register the thing. So I entered registered. And then I was like, okay, so, okay, I'm now a business owner. So if I die, in the records of 2020, in some days, <laughs> so-and-so opened a business. It was scary because my first question is, like, if you look at the statistics, it's like every business that starts fails within its first year. Not every. I think it's a big percent. I think 50 or is it like 40% of businesses don't make it in their first year. And I was like, will that be me? Will, that be, will this be just this nice thing that you did for a while? And then it dies out. And I was, and at the time, I also have a child. I was like, okay, so what am I leaving for her? Like, she needs to have options. If she, it doesn't mean that she's always going to be a yoga teacher, but at least if she has a business to sell off, then that's something. But yeah, so I was like, let's just do what we can do for as long as we can. Yeah, like if it fails, it fails. But that's that fear is still there. Even now, I'm like, oh, nonchalant. yeah, if it fails, it fails. But like, really, I'm like, right now, it's the thing that's saving me. So right now, it's not like if it fails, it fails. Like, it needs to work. <laughs> Like, there's no for Ati, maybe. Mm-mm. Like, it needs to work right now. So it was scary, but also at the same time, it taught me that it's okay to do things even if you're scared of them. And for me, like, people will say, like, yeah, you're a thrill seeker, but you only take the risks that you know you can manage at some level. And then just because, like, you're the first person, like, to jump into a pool doesn't mean you're the first person to go and register Biashara. It doesn't always translate. So I was like, yeah, if you're going to say that this is who you are, you also have to back it up with, yeah. So it was scary. And even to date, I still haven't, like, cracked the code. I'm still trying. I'm still learning. 
and I'm still deathly afraid that things won't go right. But I'm like, I don't have, I'm not tell, giving myself a plan B. And so it's the first time in my life I've never had an employment income. A sure thing that on date 20 something, there is X amount of money in my account. That is not something I have right now. And it's been the scariest thing. Because I'm like, okay, now what do I do if things hit the fan? Like, now, now what? And then, so I'm like, hey, will I be able to take care of my daughter? Will I be able to do this? Will I be able to do the other? So right now, it's more of like, because I know what I want to do with life, I know what my impact is, I don't want to go back into a toxic work environment. And I'm lucky I even have the privilege to say that, that I can apply somewhere, and even if I get it and land in a toxic work environment. understand there's privilege in that. And so I'm like, whether or not I am able to, I want to block myself from being in a situation where I am going for things because I must, where I have no choice in the matter, you know. So, yeah, even joking my friends, like, I want a half sleeve so that even if you go to a place like, mm, this one, we don't need this kind of people here, yeah. you know. <laughs> it use the system against itself, yeah, so that it, it kind of inoculates me from being in a situation where, one, I have no choice, and two, I am only doing it for the sake of a thing. Because it's also not being, it's also not honoring the person in the place that that person who created that business wanted, regardless of what that situation is. When you create a business, you don't want somebody to come there just for like, because you know you're paying me X amount. You also don't want that. And because now I have a business, I'm like, ooh, maybe that's not the move. Um, yeah, so I pride myself on being a very creative person, but it was a lack of creativity that led me to the name. <laughs> So um, my name is Auma. So for those people with Aumas in your life, you know, we are either, we are always Aus, Aus, Aus. So I was like, mm, Aus Yoga. Mm, Aus Yoga, okay. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. And then after I registered in the business is when I realized, oh, people are going to think I'm Australian. Because when you Google it, Aus anything, it's an Australian thing. I was like, mm, yeah, we needed to have thought that one through a little bit, a little bit. So I was like, Aus Yoga KE. So yeah. So the business is Aus Yoga. <laughs> And I say we, even though it's me and my many multiple personalities. So we <laughs> are a wellness business and we are based in yoga. So we do yoga classes, yoga retreats, yoga events, and then content. So right now I'm working on getting discipline one <laughs> and consistency in the content I'm posting. Because something else I've also noticed that majority of the content we can consume yoga-wise is from outside. Yeah, and so I was lucky enough to be in a space where I'm seeing teachers, you know, who look like me, teachers with different body shapes. So that for me now, my reality is not that yoga is for the, you know, the random white lady. For me now, my reality is yoga is like for people just like me. Yeah. Because right now, actually, and as a result of the work that AYP has done, almost I'm confident in saying that the average person in like Kangemi has more access to yoga than the persons somewhere. Like, because they have a free yoga class. There's a teacher there. They're practicing together. They're doing outreach classes. And I'm like, yeah, that's how yoga should be, inclusive for all. So, yeah, and now I want now the content that I create to be about that. And I haven't figured that out yet. The one part I do know, um, because of, again, with the background I have, like in poetry and stuff, I was like, mm, maybe if I can be consistent with blogging about it, that can be something. So that's what now I'm now revived, like this, or rather the latter half of 2020. Yeah, <laughs> being consistent about blogging, um, what I'm learning on and off the mat. Because again, it's often times that yoga is relegated to just this thing you go and do, like, yeah, we're going to do some yoga. Nee, 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 nee. Then you go and then you just go back. But they have experienced yoga and how it affects my life on and then off the mat. I'm like, yeah, it can't just be that. So 
so the content right now I'm working on or what I release is this what I've learned from yoga on and off the mat. Fear, fear, ooh. Yeah, I like sometimes I joke and I'm like, mm, me and fear, we are tight. Yeah. yeah, we are we are buddies, we are drinking buddies, we hang out with each other, we are always checking in on each other. We are like the bestest of friends. Yeah. Because yeah, it's true. Like for me, I've noticed a lot of fear holds me back a lot, a lot. It's even to date, it's like even if I do something, I have to it almost feels like you physically have to push yourself off a cliff just to do the thing. And it could be the most simplest thing. Like right now, I haven't been able, like this last two weeks, I haven't posted anything. Even though I have a calendar, like my vision board says a hundred posts this year. A hundred posts this year, Julie. And I'm like, now what am I posting? Are people even going to read it? I'm, I'm just posting for the heck of it. I'm, I'm, like it's just so much. Like again, I said, talking myself out of doing the thing because now the responsibility of it is like, you have a business, people post, they mm. post. So it's that. The thing that has helped me the most is other people. Yeah, it's never been just, it's just me. It's not like, yeah, you know, against all odds, I did this, I did this. Lies. No, nothing I've done. I don't think it's just a me thing. Like again, you know, you, you know how much I love Catherine. And then uh, I also started working with someone else. She's called uh, Stephanie, Fitness by Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then... Out of the most random blue, because my colleague at that time, Chichi, she was having her baby, mm, cute babies. And so uh, she needed somebody to hold fort in her class while she also went to have her baby. And then so she was like, hey, Maze Chichi, I need somebody. And Chichi was like, ah, talk to Julie. And then, yeah, it became the thing. And then so we started doing that class. And I was like, mm, in this class, do I want to position myself as Julie holding fort for Steph? Because that was the safe way to go. Or do I want to like sneak in house yoga and be like, this is, yes, it's Julie, yes, but I want it to be a business thing. I want to, and Stephanie taught me because she was like, yeah, I invoice people. I was like, eh? We invoice people. Okay. That's a real business, you know, to invoice people. So I remember I was like, how do people invoice? And I found this app and I was like, okay, yeah, I can invoice now. So I was like, I'd invoice people. And I was like, hmm, grown up. So it was like, Yes, there was fear, but that there's also, there also that faith that there's that saying, I think, when the when the student is ready, the teacher appears or something. And so I was like, yeah, that was my teacher. And she was like, yeah, yeah, invoice them, get these things together, na, 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 do this, do that, do the other. And I would see how she was running her business over there with the contracts and everything. I was like, yes, this is what it means to do a business. And so I would learn from her and I would try it out. And so now it's happened that I held fought for that class for so long that now she's basically, yeah, okay, now this is your class. Please exclude me. It's yours. Because I hadn't even changed the name of the group, even though the class was mine. And she was like, why haven't you? Able to, like... It's your class. Mm-hmm. And then, okay. Then I allowed myself, okay, now I can change and I can do this. And yeah, so fear, um, faith in people that, yeah, there are people that some people out here are really good people. We are not all evil. And then that also relying on other people. Because even when I was stuck, somebody would tell me, yeah, just do it. Or uh, maybe it's not the right time, but ah, just do it. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Yes, yeah, so this workshop we are doing with uh, Legally Clueless Africa is a workshop that we are offering, number one, to women. And 
women who are feeling that I've been held back for so long that now I'm just comfortable where I am. Like just to not necessarily like to make big moves because again I feel like right now the world is like yeah make big moves do these big things and not all of us are ready for that some of us need baby steps some of us need those big moves but the idea is to get ourselves to a point of action and action that benefits us not like in a selfish way but in a way that grows us to where we want to be so this workshop we are going to get into our bodies first um that means through yoga so we are going to make some body movements some body shapes we're going to do some yoga and then we are also going to go internally we're going to have a meditation session and then finally we're going to talk about it again it's something that we've talked about before and it's something that i first had at a y12sr class which is a yoga for 12 step recovery that lady said something so like she's you know there people say things off handed and you're like jesus She and she said like a lot of the trauma we have happens in our bodies but how we process that trauma our bodies are not even involved in it like i'm not saying like again no do the talk therapy because we need it like yeah for sure like it helps to like distill that information but if a person has had a traumatic event that took place with their physical body in their physical body then there needs to be an outlet for the body to heal also in a physical way so and i believe that when we are moving it's that's the time we are with ourselves we also say a lot in the yoga practice your breath is your most powerful tool because sometimes all you can sit there and do is breathe like it's the least amount you can do and sometimes it's the most thing you can do so yeah we're going to sit here we're going to move our bodies we're going to process some things because again that's a very personal thing that people will be going through but when you're coming to this workshop allow that process to happen like just be in your body whatever happens it happens and be in your body and then when we come to the meditation first of all please don't be scared we are not going to you know mount legion upon your <laughs> No, we don't do that. That's not what meditation is. But it's a time for you to sit with yourself and just like, okay, process. So this thing has happened in my body or this thing is about to happen in my body. It's a yoga class. It's a this or it may take me back to something else that happened. But right here right now, I can just be in my body in this physical space at this time on this day and just be there. And then now when you've opened up that like, you know, whatever was happening in your body, whatever is happening in your mind and you've opened up those channels, now let's talk about it. What are you now ready for that you've done this thing? Where it's not like so and so said, oh, or you know, us in our family, this is what we do or no, but like now what are you ready for as a person? So, yeah, that's what we'll be doing in uh, this workshop. Of course, it takes um ourselves and you who's coming to attend and say be open and willing to do that i think is a good start and then allow us to be i don't want to say like to guide you but allow us to create that container for you to do that so how yoga has impacted like affected my life specifically first and foremost it's made me aware of my own bs i can tell when i'm just being like Mm-mm, just side eyeing myself i can tell when that's happening <laughs> sometimes i'm able to get in front of it and stop myself from being you know I'm not a good person or not who I'm supposed to be. Sometimes I can get in front of it, sometimes I can't. But now I'm in the place where because I know when it's happening, I actually have that choice, which is very different from just like reacting the way it used to be. And now because of that, the responsibility that comes with that is now because I know when that is happening, I have to be in integrity and be like, okay, I did not do well here and I have to say sorry. I have to say sorry to like I remember even like you know African parent syndrome where you don't say sorry to your kids as who. Umekula is the thing. So I remember the first time I was like I told my daughter, "Ma, I'm sorry." And I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, it was a couple of steps and I was like, "Yeah, but this is the thing to do." And so yeah, one it's made me aware of my own BS and then two, it's made me feel strong both physically and then also I think 
mentally. I feel like I can move my body. I have agency. Like, even though I can't do, there are times, okay, maybe in time, like there are certain poses I still can't get into, even though, like, again, people expect you, all yoga teachers to do all the yoga things. But even though there's something that my body can't do, I am not angry at it. And that has, has moved from in the studio to now in actually, like, being in my body. Like, now... The amount of times, if I take like a percentage, like before when I would just be like, okay, now what am I doing? I feel like, oh, akakatumbo, or I feel like, hey, this face, this, I nini. I don't have as much displeasure or I don't have as much distaste for my body as I used to. I'm able to just accept it. I'm like, hey, today we are having a chubby day. We ate nonsense. And now we are feeling the effect of the nonsense we have eaten. And we are excessively, you know, we are abounding in the midsection. The abs that we have are no longer there. There are folds and there are wrinkles and there are stretch marks. But also now sometimes, you know, I pass in the mirror, I'm like, eh, you know, like, yes, I'm feeling it because I know that my body is mine. It's okay and it's good. It's fine. Some days it's like not what I want it to be, but it's what I have and I'm okay with that. And so that is another thing. And then something else is also helped me in taking risks and like real risks, not the ones I'm like, ah, this is not scary to me, so I'll just do it. But like real risk where I feel a real um, fear of loss or failure because that is where those are the things you don't do, where you fear that failure or what will people say and things like that. So it's allowed me now to take those risks and then to learn from them, to be like, okay, this didn't work and it's okay that it didn't work. I can obsess about it. That's an option. Sometimes I still do. Or I can just move on. Like it doesn't need to hold me down and I can move on from a healthy point of view. And I think, oh yeah, and this also helped me understand or be appreciative of the people in my life. Yeah, because you know, a lot of times we take, I take people for granted. Like, ah, you got to, you know, my brother, my sister, they are too. Yeah. So now I've made it um, a choice that when something good happens or when something new happens, like say thank you. Like it's such a simple thing. I remember one of my other best friends saying, Grace, like you never know how important it is just to say thank you to someone. Yeah. And so like nowadays it's a thing. I say thank you. I say please. I say this. And I don't want it to say it like in a in a forgotten manner because, you know, we are taught say please and thank you, but to mean it when I say thank you and to mean it when I say please and to also ask for what I need. Because again, I don't know, I don't know where I got this idea. Sometimes I feel like when you ask for what you need or when I ask for what I need, I'm like, number one, it shows me as the desperate one. Like, why do you need this thing? Uh, what's so important? Like you can do without, so, you know, you flip it off, but yet it's something you really need. And then also, to allow myself to be vulnerable to say I am feeling X, I am feeling sad, I don't. I actually want you to text me, or I don't want you to text me, or this is how it makes me feel when this and this happens. So to be able to be vocal with that. Catch more African stories in the next episode of Legally Clueless. Absolutely love that story. I feel like there's so many takeaways from it. I really, really loved when she talks about the difference between the story you tell yourself and the fact of what happened and I was like oh my god I've definitely told myself stories and just abandoned facts on so many <laughs> occasions I was like please are you talking to me why are you shouting <laughs> but it's true right and so many times we get so lost in the story and we start even having emotional reactions because of the story but when you catch yourself and you go back to the fact it's like oof has been a bit irrational there or maybe I haven't consulted the other parties involved. I've just decided I know what's going on in their head. You know what I mean? So yeah, oh, 
I really loved when she talked about that because I was like, that's something I'm going to be doing in those type of situations is just stepping back and being like, okay, what's the fact? And what is the story I'm telling myself here? I also love quite a few points she brought out, which reminded me like the world when she said the world doesn't revolve around you. And so many times you will think if something has happened, like the people involved or who were just like in the periphery when it was happening are only thinking about that one thing when really they're not like <laughs> and I think my therapist has told me this before it's just like yo the world doesn't revolve around you sometimes you think you take up more space in people's heads than you actually do I like the idea of writing a letter to yourself I think I'm in a space where I should actually write a letter to myself and come back to it in like the next three years I don't know should we do that like is that something you would want to do because I feel like I need quorum <laughs> I don't know why it's a bit scary to think about it but like yeah would you be down for that let me know on our Instagram page at Legally Clueless Africa I think I genuinely feel like I'm in a transition well not really a transition I think I've already made the transition but I'm in a very you know like the periphery of power like I'm about to unlock a very powerful version of myself and I just feel like I want to write a letter to that chick <laughs> <laughs> does that make sense i think let's do it anyway hit me up on instagram let me know what you think and yeah so julie aka auma and Catherine, are going to be running the yoga well-being workshop please get your tickets shout out to everybody who's gotten their tickets already you can go to legallycluelessafrica.com check out our events page and you'll see how to get your tickets there or just go to hustle sasa i'll put a link in the description of this episode as well in the show notes that is we have very limited spots because it has to be intimate we're gonna have sharing circles i really want to start building a community that knows each other and looks out for each other we can be each other's accountability partners i know some of you are not in kenya quite a few of you are not in kenya but like we have to start here and then one day we'll be doing those events in your countries you know or virtually but yeah, I think I think this will be one of those events that you walk away a much fuller version of yourself. So yeah, if you can, get yourself a ticket. All right, remember that Legally Clueless plays on Trace FM here in Kenya. Go to traceradio.co.ke for a list of all the frequencies. We're there on Monday and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. and 11 p.m. and Fridays at 1 p.m. I'm very super excited because I'm going to be producing something for Trace. I'm very excited about it because like from producing our video series, I then went on to produce a three-part game show on leadership. It's going to be out very soon. I'm also <laughs> executive producing another show altogether and then now this trace one and i say all this not to brag but just to say that sometimes you can learn a new skill so don't lock yourself into the only skill that you know you're comfortable with because you've been doing it for years life can push you into different spaces and and they're fun spaces and and more than fun they're spaces that will expand you so say yes Say yes to those faces. Okay, if you want to share your story on this podcast, we're going into our next story recordings, which is going to be the whole of August. So in the description of this episode, there is a Google form. Fill it out. And um, yeah, I'm going to get back to you and schedule a time we can record your story either in person if you're in Nairobi or in whatever counties I'll be going to. 
in, in, in August. Or if you're not in Kenya or not in Nairobi, we can record your story virtually. If you're African, you have a valid story and we want to hear it. So I'm going to end this episode here and I just want to share something <laughs> as I end. I have been writing a lot about death, which is not new. I think it's something that both scares me and fascinates me in equal measure. And maybe I write about it a lot to try and like understand it or claim power over it. Maybe I'm doing a weird human thing there, but I do write about death a lot and as I was writing this weekend, which is another good thing about moving out of Nairobi, like I've gotten so much writing done. Anyway, the morning after an intense evening of writing, I get a message about a person who on a national level, many people didn't even know him. He worked in the background, but his work was so important. Eh? so important when it comes to women's rights, women's safety, trying to make tangible interventions for women who've survived sexual violence. Like I was fortunate enough to first start working with him and then end up calling him a friend. And I could just tell that this was different. This guy was passionate about the work that he was doing. He wanted women to live better lives. So I got the news that he unfortunately passed away. And then I I did this thing where I was like, oh my goodness. Some weeks back, I'd sent him a WhatsApp and he hadn't responded. And I found that very strange. But then like life happened and I just kept moving. And then, so I went back to the WhatsApp chat and I was just like, oh my God, this guy is such a light. Just such a light. And then I remembered our last interaction was after an event and I was so tired. I think I'd just come back from a trip. But for him, I would do anything. So I go for this event. So I go for this event and afterwards we speak for a long while <laughs> about the randomest things. I mean, it started with like talking about social impact, change, what government needs to do. And then it just morphed into Christmas traditions, him growing up in Mombasa, me trying to understand what that looked like because I only know Mombasa as like a place for me to chill. <laughs> we spoke about so many things. And I remember, you know, the end being like, oh, I'm so sorry. I've taken so much time. And he was like, no, it's cool. Like that was a really cool conversation. And then, you know, we went our own ways and went home. But that conversation came at a point in my life when I was like, okay, Adele, you need to be more present in the moment, present in conversation, present in interactions with people. Because sometimes what I would do is I'd be here talking to you, but I'd be thinking about all the things I have to do when I get home or whatever. Now I'm starting to learn how to be in the moment. The next moment will take care of itself. We're not even sure it's going to come, but if it does, it's going to take care of itself. So I'm like, Let's be in the moment. And I'm, I'm like, that's, so that's how it happens, eh? Like, so that's our last in-person conversation. Thank God I was present. Thank God he was so gracious. Yeah, so I just, I just want to end this episode, you know, reminding you to live in the moment, reminding you to be present. Life is so fleeting. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.